Good morning, and thank you for enjoying it with a six-pack, the Scotty Six-Pack, the only podcast that's bringing you all the top stories in Wisconsin sports, from the Milwaukee Brewers to the Fond du Lac Doc Spiders. I am your host, Kedrick Stumbrus, and you can follow me at Kedrick Stumbrus on the app formerly known as Twitter, and follow the podcast at Scotty Six-Pack for all the latest updates in Wisconsin sports. That is right, we are back and the Wisconsin Badgers are back. College football is back. I know that because Graham Mertz just had a disgusting-looking night, however, in a Florida Gators uniform, and the Big Ten West is back in its glorious final season as we got to watch Minnesota, uh, unfortunately, Minnesota, get a game-winning walk-off field goal over the Nebraska Cornhuskers, who just can't seem to find a way to lock up a game and not give it away. My goodness, what a travesty in that game tonight. Meanwhile, I still don't know whether or not, um, (laughs) for all the real college football sickos out there who are trying to watch the Pac-12 network on their refrigerators, uh, shout out to anybody here who watches the Ion College Basketball podcast or listens to it, whatever, but Arizona State and Southern Utah can't play because of a sandstorm in the desert. Uh, Just ridiculous stuff because college football is a ridiculous sport and we love it. And soon enough, the Wisconsin Badgers will be playing it uh, tomorrow uh, at 2.30 p.m. And if you're not going to be at Camp Randall Stadium, you can watch that on your television on Fox Sports 1 as the Wisconsin Badgers take on the Buffalo Bulls of the MAC. Uh, Buffalo, led by third-year head coach Maurice Linguist, who took over the Buffalo program after Lance Leipold left to take the Kansas head coach job. Uh, the Bulls, under Linguist last season, went 6-6 six and six, and then won the Camellia Bowl to get to seven wins with a victory over Georgia Southern, who, of course, Wisconsin will play in just a couple of weeks. Uh, so today, we're going to talk about this Buffalo game, what I think might be interesting from it, what we can look for from Buffalo, and then a bigger picture look ahead at the Wisconsin Badgers season upcoming overall and what I think the expectations for the Wisconsin Badgers should be coming into 2023. Uh, The Buffalo Bulls have a situation, although they do not have a head coach, one that looks very similar to what the Wisconsin Badgers have this upcoming season. Uh, Buffalo has new coordinators on both sides of the ball, uh, including DJ Mangus, who worked on Joe Brady's staff at LSU when they won the national championship. Uh, Of course, DJ Mangus is the offensive coordinator at Buffalo. uh, And before this season, he was actually a defensive assistant at UCF. uh, But that was the only time He has held a position on the defensive side of the ball. He is an offensive coach through and through, uh, was the passing game coordinator uh, in 2021 in LSU in the last year of Ed Ogeron's tenure as the head coach of the Tigers. Uh, The Bulls are quarterbacked by Cole Snyder, who is a former Rutgers transfer. Uh, This will be his second season as a starter in Buffalo after passing for over 3,000 yards last season. So Cole Snyder has a Big Ten pedigree. Uh, He's not the greatest talent, but 
can certainly be successful. You look at the fact that he can throw the ball. Their new offensive coordinator has a tendency to, you know, try to throw the ball, uh, put a decent amount of RPO, of play action out there. Um, But ultimately, this is an offense that's probably going to try to spread out the Badgers a little bit. And the Badgers have a defense that is built to counter that spread out offense. Uh, And even though the Badgers are implementing it for the first time, uh, the Buffalo Bulls are operating with their first year under an offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator as well. And with all that kind of uncertainty, I, I think it's more likely than not that the talent advantage that Wisconsin simply has, you know, it, it, this is where recruiting stars, recruiting rankings come into play. When the difference is this stark between a, you know, Power 5 Big Ten program and a Mac East program, that's really where you see those recruiting stars come out to shine. At a certain level, college football is a talent acquisition enterprise, and there's a reason why Wisconsin schedules teams like Buffalo, like Georgia Southern, like Utah State uh, in the non-con so that they can get tuned up before they have to go ahead and play a rigorous conference slate or, you know, play another Power 5 conference team like Wisconsin will take on in Washington State in Week 2 uh, as well. So I, th- I think ultimately the Badgers should prevail, but while the Badgers are playing that game, one of the things that I'm going to watch for is the secondary, and particularly the quarterback position for Wisconsin. Uh, because yesterday, there was a very interesting development in that Michael Mack, the transfer quarterback from the Air Force Academy had his transfer waiver denied. Um, This is interesting because there is not a great level of talent in this cornerback room for Wisconsin. And I don't think you need to believe me to say that because the actions of the coaching staff for the Badgers have certainly confirmed that belief over the course of this offseason. Before I get to that, Let's talk about why Michael Mack is not going to be eligible to play for Wisconsin this year. Mike Mack is transferring from Air Force, and military academies require transfers to happen within the first two years a student-athlete is on campus. So if a student transfers from Air Force, from Army, from Navy, has to be within the first two seasons, they play, but Mike Mack has played three seasons at Air Force. And so it's unclear. There's there's no reporting on this from anything I've seen. If this waiver was denied by uh, the military academy or by the NCAA, but all in all, it's a big hit. Uh, this news came around by a post from Mike Mack's Instagram stories yesterday, uh, basically just saying, oh, they can't keep me down. Free Mack. As Badger fans, you can look back to Micah Potter being uh, inexplicably benched by the NCAA back in 2020, and that was, of course, pretty unfortunate for the Badgers. Uh, you know, they ended up winning the Big Ten regardless, but I I doubt that this is a team that's going to win the Big Ten this year in, in football um, like that team did in basketball. But basically, Wisconsin's coaching staff had been after defensive backs and been after cornerbacks specifically, you know, whether that's, you know, slot corners, boundary corners, what have you, but all offseason, they were in the mix for lots of folks. Of course, they brought in Jason Matry, the transfer from Boston College, but 
Wisconsin was also really deep into trying to get um, Jason Maitre's partner at cornerback um, in the secondary to transfer in, in as well and, and failed there. They were reportedly in the mix for a number of cornerback transfers throughout the offseason. And then the one guy that the Badgers are able to you know seal the deal on isn't going to be able to play. Uh, and although Mac had a number of offers from throughout the country, I can't help but wonder if there's a big reason that Wisconsin was able to land Mike Mack, and that is that teams were perhaps willing to send out an offer to Mack, but maybe not be as gung-ho about actually letting him sign on the dotted line for his you know national letter of intent because teams were worried that this right here would happen, that this waiver would not be approved. I, of course, don't have any sourcing on that. That is that is pure speculation. But for a Wisconsin team that had been after DB, after defensive back, defensive back, after defensive back, to finally land one and then the one can't play, makes you kind of wonder if those two things are connected. And I think it's a big hit because Mike Mack would be, will be, a solid player on this team. Uh, you know, he, as a true freshman, he found his way into the starting role at Air Force, and because he played as a true freshman, um, it means he still has a red shirt and will play in 2024, will retain his eligibility as a junior um, come the 2024 season, but won't be able to play this season for the Badgers. And the... The cornerback depth for Wisconsin has been an issue now for, for a couple of years. Um, it was tough last season. The Badgers had a lot of transfers at the top of their two deep playing in their last year of eligibility. Of course, Justin Clark from Toledo moved on. Jay Shaw from UCLA and Cedric Dort, who transferred in from Kentucky, all the same. Um, and so with all that starting talent gone and not a ton of young talent behind them. And in fact, you know, a lot of that other young talent, like Avion Jones, who transferred to Coastal Carolina, I believe that's correct. Um, Wisconsin had kind of bare cupboard. Uh, and the Badgers too deep at cornerback still includes two transfers. Of course, Jason Matry from Boston College, who uh, I mentioned just before. Uh, I think he's a great fit uh, for the scheme Mike Tressel wants to run. Uh, Maitre is going to be a great corner to have in the slot and should be all, all over for Mike Tressel. Should do a really, really great job. Uh, I look forward to see you know the kind of plays that over the middle, Maitre and uh, Hunter Wooler at safety, um, particularly in the dollar package, can play for uh, Wisconsin. Look forward to what kind of plays those two can put together while they're on the field. Uh, but then the other transfer on the two deep, for Wisconsin is Nazir Forkry, who was a transfer from Grand Valley State, the Division II program, not FCS, Division II. Uh, so two full levels lower than Wisconsin plays at, if you want to include uh, the group of five conferences as a level lower than Wisconsin plays at. I don't, but uh, you could say three full levels lower. Um, however, Forkreen was a Division II All-American under uh, Wisconsin's now special teams coach uh, and linebackers coach Matt Mitchell. And he's a solid player, but that's a big jump. All the reports from fall camp have been that he's 
going to be great. Um, I believe the only other Power 5 offer that Fort Greene had was from Vanderbilt. Um, it was actually a school that Fort Greene had been verbally committed to before the Badgers swooped in altogether and took his services. But I think it shows that Wisconsin needed to take a flyer on some guys. The, the two defensive backs after Matry that they were able to pull in in the transfer portal were a Division II transfer and ultimately a military academy transfer who isn't going to be able to play this season, which I don't think was uh, plan A, B, or C for this coaching staff, to put it lightly. There's, of course, some great young talent in the pipeline for Wisconsin now and with Mike Trussell running a defensive scheme that requires uh, a large number of defensive backs. I think that uh, Wisconsin fans will see this problem getting solved over the next few years. Uh, one of those, you know, young talents is, of course, true freshman Jonas Colonna, who enrolled early this spring and earned a spot playing with uh, the top two defensive units right away. And uh, Mike Trussell, defensive coordinator, who I've referred to, you know, throughout this podcast already, at some point spoke to Jonas DeClota's instincts, he said. He said he has great instincts. Um, and frankly, from everything we've seen from fall camp and spring ball, uh, looks like he's going to be a great boundary corner, Jonas DeClona is. And cornerback, when you speak with uh, recruiting analysts, when you speak with talent evaluators in this game, cornerback is often a position that uh, those evaluators say that you can tell if a guy has it. It requires just a certain level of a football instinct uh, to be able to play the position. So to hear Mike Trestle talk about that with Jonas DeColina coming in, playing this early, uh, I think that's promising. Um, but of course, you know, it's a big jump from Division Two to Power Five Division One. It's a big jump from high school ball in Naples, Florida for Jonas DeColina to Power 5 Division 1 in the Big Ten. Other players on the two deep that we have not mentioned include Alexandra Smith and then sophomore Ricardo Hallman, who I believe should make uh, a really good jump this year for the Badgers. Uh, I, I have a lot of confidence in his talent for Wisconsin. Um, before we move on to the longer form predictions for this Wisconsin season, uh, I want to tell you all about TickPick. Um, TickPick is where I get all of my tickets to any sporting event that I go to. Um, and TickPick's just a service I love. And I want you to save money on your next ticket purchase. So when you use TickPick, you will never pay service or delivery fees like you will on other ticket reselling apps. And it comes with TickPick's best price guarantee. If you find a better price somewhere else for the same ticket, TickPick will refund you twice the difference in credit toward your next purchase. And I can tell you from experience, th that is... A, a deal that is better than any of the other offers out there on the market for any of these other ticket selling apps, refunding you for twice the difference. Even if you say you're, you, you're loyal to another, to another ticket selling app, you really think one's better. You get a better deal somewhere else. Fine. That's fine. I, I don't think you're right, but that's fine. Go to TickPick anyway and go ahead and show them the price you found somewhere else for better. They're going to give you twice the difference in what you paid. You're going to get your money back times two in credit for your next purchase. That sounds like a great deal to me. And on top of that great deal, if you use my link in the podcast description, you're going to save 10 bucks on your first order. So go to the Apple App Store, go to the Google Play Store, download the TickPick app. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. 
Again, TickPick, T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. And never pay service or delivery fees for tickets ever again. And maybe, just maybe, you want to go see the Milwaukee Brewers tonight. Or, of course, you know, you want to go see the Badgers uh, playing Camp Randall tomorrow, which, if you are, uh, bring some water. The great folks at the university have have said that you can bring in sealed water bottles uh, for this game because it's going to be hot. But if you're trying to avoid the heat um, and that 2.30 sun and you want to go to a sporting event this weekend and you want to go see the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, the Brewers start a three-game series against the Phillies tonight. Uh, and the Brewers, who won a ridiculous nine straight games before dropping two to the surging Chicago Cubs, uh, but still maintain a three-game lead on Chicago, uh, are coming back home to play the Phillies, who have the same record as the Milwaukee Brewers, but are 13 and a half games back um, of the ridiculously talented team uh, down there in Atlanta who lead the NL East. Uh, so Freddie Peralta is going to take the mound tonight for the Brewers with a 7-10 first pitch. Uh, you can watch that game on Ballet Sports Wisconsin. And if you're actually at the game tonight uh, over there at American Family Field, let me know. Uh, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, shoot me a comment on uh, the Substack description for this podcast. And let me know you're going to be there. Come say hi. Uh, I'll be in the loge level outfield seats on the first base side. Uh, would love to see any folks out there. Uh, so moving forward to my predictions for the Wisconsin Badgers college football season. According to ESPN's FPI, Football Power Index, Wisconsin has the 25th most difficult ske- strength of schedule nationally. They have the 25th most difficult schedule in the country according to ESPN's FPI. In the Big Ten West, that trails Minnesota, who is at four nationally, and trails Purdue, which is at 17th nationally. Both the Gophers and Boilermakers draw both Michigan and Ohio State from the East. Tells you why you know, they rank in the <laughs> Minnesota four, uh, but they got to win on the board, uh, so... Good for them. You only get 12 chances of that, and then Purdue at 17. Both draw Michigan and Ohio State from the East. Wisconsin, of course, draws Ohio State, and they sit at the 25th most difficult schedule in the country. The next closest to Wisconsin in the Big Ten West is Iowa, who avoids both Michigan and Ohio State from the East, but does have to travel to Happy Valley and has to you know, score 25 points per game uh, to have its offensive coordinator, Brian Ferretz, you know, keep his job uh, before <laughs> the end of the season. Um, but I think that's a big deal because whereas I, I'm not particularly scared of Minnesota, um, you know, especially as a contender for the division when they're going to have to play Michigan and Ohio State. Um, Purdue, of course, has first-year head coach. Iowa? Iowa has a solid quarterback transfer for Michigan and Cade McNamara. That Iowa offense just needs somebody who isn't going to lose the game for them because you know that defense is going to be incredible. And the fact that they don't have to play Michigan or Ohio State, they do have to play a really, really talented Penn State team and do have to play them on the road. So I think that's probably a loss. Um, And maybe an advantage for Wisconsin is that Wisconsin gets Ohio State at home. But I still think that is quite a difficult proposition for the Badgers. And not that, you know, ESPN FPI or strength of schedule metrics are the end-all be-all, but I think it helps to set the table to help tell a story 
about what this upcoming season could look like for Wisconsin, particularly, you know, given the fact that I think I'm more skeptical of this Wisconsin team and their prospects for this upcoming year than some others out there in the Badger fandom verse. Um, I'm concerned about the defense at corner, like I mentioned at the first half of this podcast. I think the Badgers have a lot to prove at pass rush, and they don't have any proven talent up the middle of the defensive line at defensive tackle. If you watched Wisconsin last year, and even though Keanu Benton was not you know, a first-team All-Big Ten talent, he, he should have been, uh, because that Wisconsin team was not the same when Keanu Benton was on the sidelines. He is an absolute game wrecker, and uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers know just how good Wisconsin Badgers are since Nick Herbig, who was uh, the country's sack leader and the Big Ten's tackle for loss leader. I think I have those two things straight. Otherwise, it's the other way around. Nick Herbig and Keanu Benton both going to the Pittsburgh Steelers in this most recent iteration of the NFL draft, joining also former batter Badger TJ Watt. That's just a place that is chock full of defensive talent from Madison, Wisconsin. On the offense, I'm concerned for Wisconsin because I don't know if the play at center will be solid enough. Uh, Tanner Bordellini, who I, I will give him credit, played a large, large, large number of snaps at center last year. However, most of those snaps were to a quarterback who was playing under center. Far fewer snaps out of the shotgun. And Tanner Bordellini wasn't who the staff wanted as the starting center. Tanner Bordellini is a guard. He's not a center. Um, this coaching staff's preferred starter at center, Jake Renfro, the transfer from Cincinnati, who is an all-conference center in the American Athletic Conference, missed most of camp with an injury, and is not on the week one you know, depth chart. That could be a problem for this team because there were problems snapping the ball you know, throughout spring ball, a little bit in fall camp, things have looked better, but center is a position where miscues can cost you a game uh, and can do it very easily. You know, th- those flubbed snaps, look to the Wisconsin-Penn State game last year. It can cost you a game, and that's not necessarily the fault of the center. It could be the fault of the quarterback. And so if we want to continue my concerns about Tanners on the football team, we talk about Tanner Mordecai. And we saw in the spring game at the launch just how difficult this jump could be for Tanner Mordecai. I think that, you know, the spring game is not uh, the reflection of exactly what Tanner Mordecai was in camp, but I think it shows just how bad uh, things could get. Mordecai has never uh, been the most accurate passer in the country. Um, it's a little bit, little bit of a gunslinger, and that's something that... Uh, I think works if this offense and defense are both clicking. Uh, Tanner Mordecai can go out and be a gunslinger. He can pass for whatever it was, um, eight touchdowns in uh, his performance at SMU last year. And if the defense holds up, you know, that's going to be fine. But say he's not, you know, quite an accurate enough passer for the Big Ten. That could be a difficult year for Wisconsin. Um, And even though they don't have a ton of game records on their schedule, it could be it could be difficult for them. Um, so let's play the schedule game for Wisconsin and just talk about where I think you know some potential losses could be. 
Uh, of course, Wisconsin plays Buffalo tomorrow. I think that's going to be not a problem. But then they have a game at at Washington State, and Washington State beat this team last year. And of course, this is going to be a very different looking Wisconsin team, but they are going to be playing on the road. Um, maybe Wisconsin isn't firing on all cylinders yet. That's I, I think Wisconsin's probably favored in that game, but we'll see. Um, could be could be tricky. Georgia Southern, Wisconsin probably wins that game. Um, then Wisconsin goes and plays on six days rest um, at Purdue on a Friday. And Wisconsin has had Purdue's number. Wisconsin has never lost at Ross Aid Stadium, which, you know, I was outside of. Uh, what was this? In July? Yeah, July. Uh, undergoing some construction there. And I don't know why, but there's something just about it being a Friday night game that spooks me. And you can only beat a team so many times until something's gonna happen. It's it's just a law of averages game. It's progressing to the mean. Um, and so maybe there's something just a little bit spooky about that Purdue game to me personally that I'm worried about. Even though um, Ryan Walters, the defensive coordinator last season for Illinois, has now come over uh, to be the head coach at Purdue. Even though uh, you know things are going to be different there. Uh, they're going to be implementing some some new schemes there. Um, I still just, the game spooks me a little bit. I think that's the spot Wisconsin could get caught. Uh, then they'll go into the bye week on uh, the very last weekend of September, then host Rutgers. And then this three-week stretch is one that I think could make or break this Wisconsin season. And that's three straight weeks of hosting Iowa, playing at Illinois, and then hosting Ohio State. Iowa's always a tough out. There was that weird stretch there over the course of whatever it was, five seasons or so, where um, the road team won every matchup between Wisconsin and Iowa. So both these teams can win on the road. Um, Kirk Ferentz has no problems winning in Madison. They can do that. Illinois has been the thorn in Wisconsin's side now for four seasons. Um, and Brett Bielema being there doesn't make me feel any better. And of course, Ohio State, which Wisconsin has not beaten in a long, long, long time. I think there'll be people who say it's at night. It'll be different. Well, last time Wisconsin played Ohio State at night, uh, they still lost. Yeah, it went to overtime, but they still lost. I don't know. Um, I think it's worrisome. Uh, that's a game where maybe you're hosting Iowa or, and you get caught in a look head spot because the staff's really focusing on the Illinois game or it's set where the staff tries to look away from the Illinois game because they're really focusing on Ohio State, and they get caught in a look-head spot against Illinois, and it's not enough to try to get the revenge factor against Illinois. There's a lot there. That Illinois team is is going to be really talented. Uh, they, they have some st- solid players, particularly on the defensive side of the ball still, even though they lose players like uh, Sidney Brown out of the secondary there. That's still a well-coached team by Brett Bielema. I, I still think that Illinois team is going to be a tough out. Wisconsin closes the season then with games at Indiana. I have no worries there. I think Tom Allen gets fired at the end of the season. Uh, Northwestern, which is, of course, in shambles. Uh, And then Nebraska, who did not look like they have their act together quite yet tonight. Um, Wisconsin will host them in primetime. I don't see them dropping that game. And then at Minnesota, which I'm not that worried about, but P.J. Fleck, man, Say what you will about that guy, and I don't like him, but P.J. Fleck can get his roster up 
for this Wisconsin game, regardless of if that game means anything to either team in the grand scheme of things in division title race or bowl eligibility or whatever. BJ Fleck has a way of getting his team up for that game. And that's TCF Bank or Huntington Bank Stadium, whatever it's called now. Uh, it can be a little bit of a daunting environment against Wisconsin. Smaller stadium can get a little loud. I, I don't know. I don't think it's a scary environment in college football by any means, but it's a, it's a game that I don't think the Badgers can write off. So I think I'm going to predict a 9-3 season, which is lower than most, if not all, of the other people that I kind of respect um, and know personally in this in this business have predicted the lowest I've seen otherwise is 10-2. and two. Um, And that 9-3 and three might be good enough to make the Big Ten title game, depending on the losses. Um, if one comes to Washington State at a conference, um, might be good enough. Um, but it might keep them out on tiebreakers um, from a team like Iowa. Uh, and if that happens, Wisconsin does not reach the Big Ten title game. It could be a long time for the Badgers to play for a conference title again, with divisions likely going away in the new Big 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 1 billion. So that's going to be my prediction for the Wisconsin Badgers this upcoming season. And we will talk about it all season long. So keep posted to wherever you listen to the Scotty Six Pack podcast and follow the show on the app formerly known as Twitter at Scotty Six Pack. Follow me, your host, Kedrick Stumbrus, at Kedrick Stumbrus. Uh, subscribe to the podcast, whether that is on YouTube at Scunny Six Pack on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. You know, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, leave us a five-star review. It helps folks find the show and helps us keep making great content for all of you. Uh, that's all we have for today. So on Wisconsin, and hopefully we see you at the AmFam Slam Clam tonight to see the Milwaukee Brewers.